Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match! Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Just me, Simon Hughes, today as my co-host Simon Mann is busy commentating for the BBC on the first ever IPL match in Gauhati in Assam. Rajasthan Royals have decided to stage their first two matches of this new IPL campaign right up in the northeast of India in Assam uh, where they have a, a fantastic stadium actually which has been built a couple of years ago so they're staging a match up there and Simon is, is in London commentating on it and of course it's now just 24 hours or less actually till the beginning of the county championship 2023 season with a full list of matches we're going to focus on the first division today Hampshire play Nottinghamshire at the Aegeus Bowl Kent face North Ants at Canterbury Lancashire against Surrey uh, the last year's winners Surrey against Potential winners this year, Lancashire. Lancashire, who were second a couple of times in previous years. Surrey, of course, just pipping them to the title last year. Then Middlesex against Essex, and we're going to focus on on that game in a bit. And also Somerset against Warwickshire. Now, I mentioned Middlesex against Essex. Of course, Middlesex, my old team, who sadly have been in the second division since 2017 they won the championship in 2016 and were then subsequently relegated Uh, so this is their first year back in the championship first division lv of course still the sponsors of the county championship lv insurance and they face essex who are the probably the team that have been most consistent over the last five or six years they've won the championship twice in 2017 and 2019 and always there or thereabouts they just know how to play particularly four-day cricket with uh, the the ballast of Alistair Cook still really destined to churn out stacks more runs uh, in his 39th year and we're going to listen today to one of the key men in the Essex team a younger player someone who's performed pretty well actually when he's been promoted to to test level to England Dan Lawrence, a really interesting character, a dynamic cricketer, newly named as the captain of London Spirit in the 100, following the retirement of Owen Morgan. And at only 25 years old, that's uh, quite an aspiring, enterprising move by the London Spirit bosses to give Dan Lawrence the captaincy. But you'll hear from this interview that he's got lots of ideas and spirit and intelligence about the game. So maybe it's actually not a, a premature Appointment. So this is Dan Lawrence, and after the break, we'll hear some of the members of the WBCC, the world's best cricket club, interviewing him. And just to mention, by the way, that the world's best cricket club have a quiz night tonight to win a signed Ollie Pope bat. You can join us by going to worldsbestcc.com 
and there is a quiz night, as I say, tonight. Uh, you can join the club by clicking on the button on that site, worldsbestcc.com, and there is a free trial going on for a month. We do have weekly or at least fortnightly interviews with leading players, and this interview with Dan Lawrence was the other night. He's a really interesting character, and we talked about all sorts of things. Life as the son of a groundsman, a, a club cricket groundsman, and the brother of a quite a well-known wrestler, the incredible hunger of the aforementioned Alistair Cook, even off the field in training, uh, the new young players to watch out for at Essex, and of course also the effect Basball has had and will have on the county game. So this is Dan Lawrence. I suppose a bit a, a bit of a funny build-up for you because you, you were in New Zealand before the season. Um, you got one sort of really good innings under your belt, but didn't actually play in the tests. And since then, I suppose you've been sort of desperate to get out there, but looking at, at clouds and rain, so not really getting the opportunity to play as much as you would like. Yeah, New Zealand was obviously, it was obviously an amazing tour. Um, my first tour with, under the sort of McCullum-Stokes era, um, incredible to be a part of. Obviously gutting not to play, having felt in really good touch and getting a good score in that practice game. But obviously it's a pretty tough team to get into at the moment. Um, yeah, you, you had it. Um, you had it spot on. I was, um, I'm very keen for the season to start. And although I've been away a lot this winter, I haven't played an awful amount, um, done a bit of sitting on the bench. Um, so yeah, keen to get going and um, start the championship off. I, I met uh, last week, I was in Durham and I ran into Matt Potts. And I think he's had the same sort of experience as you. He's been on tour for, I think he said nearly eight weeks and obviously bowling a lot in the nets. But you, you get to that stage. I mean, I, I was quite lucky, I think, because I spent most of my winters abroad playing club cricket. And so you play every week, you know, and you get a game in and then you do a bit of coaching and have a few days off and a bit of golf and stuff. But it was a perfect sort of, um, you know, lead into the season because you'd had enough cricket, but not too much. But you've had hardly any. So I, get, I guess you're absolutely gagging to get out there, are you? Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Um, it's been lovely to actually have a couple of weeks with the Essex boys when I've been back to have a to have a proper pre-season. Uh, actually hit loads of balls in the nets and faced loads of uh, net bowlers and just sort of spend a bit of time with the lads. Um, but yeah, I've done quite a lot of practising now and I'm very ready for Thursday to come at Lords. Are you a, are you a good practiser? Are you someone, you know, a lot of batters are quite kind of anal about how many balls that, you know, Jonathan Trott or someone like that in the past was, I have to hit 200 balls before I can bat in a match. And how's your, how's your preparation kind of method go? Uh, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to improve it a little bit. Um, I actually, I had a thought about it the other day when I was younger, I was a, a complete and utter badger and, and would hit millions and millions of balls. And I'm trying to get back to that. Um, I think obviously because we play so much when the, the English season English season gets going, you can sort of slip away and fall into fall into a few habits. So trying to hit as many as possible and trying to be as precise for each team you come up against because obviously in the championship you come up against so many different bowlers and then hopefully in test cricket you get a, a very different type of bowler. You you were kind of born in the nets in a way, weren't you? I mean, in in the sense that your dad was the groundsman and I think you lived on, did you actually live on the ground at Chingford? Yeah. So obviously we had the ground and, and our house was attached to the 
kind of the right half to the ground, um, just on the other side of the fence. So um, I had no other choice really but to pursue cricket. So we had the our house, the clubhouse, and the kind of the indoor nets all attached together. So um, yeah, it's kind of always been it's always been in my blood, and, um, and yeah, thankfully I pursued it. So so you could actually walk kind of what out of the garden into a net, could you basically, or even out of the house into a net? Yeah, I could walk kind of out the front door, uh, turn right into the clubhouse, and then there was one more door, and then the and then the indoor centre was there. So, yeah, very fortunate to have that on the on the doorstep. And obviously, with the old man preparing my wickets um, every Saturday that I turned up, they were always um, fairly batter friendly. Tell me a little bit about um, you know the winters when you were growing up. I'll tell you why because my dad ran an indoor cricket school. Uh, it wasn't quite on the premises like yours was but he actually looked after one. And so I spend all my winters as a teenager from 12 onwards in the indoor nets, painting the white tarpaulins because and every time the ball hit them, all the paint showered off and I felt really bad because I hadn't painted them properly or mending the nets or sometimes <laughs> even climbing into the, the ceiling and, and fixing like, you know, new light bulbs in or whatever. Did you, did, was there, was there much of that going on when you were going um, yeah, well, the, the painting side of it was was a thing that I would do quite a bit. Obviously, whenever the whenever my dad needed um, needed a hand around any parts of the ground, obviously through through some probably sometimes boredom or or actually a bit of enjoyment out of it, I'd help out. And um, yeah, and throughout the winter, um, I would literally go to school, and then as soon as I got back to school I, from school, I was straight in the straight in the indoor centre, and um, I'd be in there until dinner's ready, and then back in there again after that and then whenever I was time for bed went to bed and then did it all again the next day so um I, I think a lot of young cricketers go through that where they get a bit of an obsession with it from a from a young age and I was just lucky enough to have it literally next door and and how much influence did your dad have on you because I mean again going back to my experience I, my dad told me lots of little things not, not that he was a cricketer but he loved cricket and I just ignored everything he said, and you know I never took any notice of him. So, and I wish I, I wish I had taken notice of him really. Um, I, what about you? What about you and your relationship with your dad? Was it a, a harmonious one, a difficult one, a non-eventful one? Or, I mean, what? How was it? What was it like? I think when it came to cricket, I think he realised from quite a, when I was quite young that I kind of wanted to do things in my own way. Um, so he was almost just a facilitator for me. Like if I, if I needed some balls put in the machine or just some throws or whatever, um, he was obviously there to throw and, and do all those stuff. But I think from quite an early age, he knew not to sort of question um, my technique or anything like that. And and to be fair to him, ever since I started being a professional, he's he, he's been good as gold as well. Um, so yeah, a lot of the stuff that, that I've done, I've kind of learnt myself and probably copied a few people along the way but um yeah I, I don't know if you'd enjoy me saying this but yeah I thought I could be a bit of a just a facilitator and 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 who 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 are your influences then I mean who have you I guess you looked at um De Villiers, Peterson give us give us a few players that you've you've sort of tried to in, in, incorporate certain elements of their game into yours yeah, so De Villiers is, is my sort of complete cricket idol. Um, he is someone who I, I would look at and I would say the most sort of unflawed batsman of well, of my generation growing up. Um, I used to love I used to love Ricky Ponting. Um, 
I used to love Damien Martin when I was growing up, obviously obsessed with the, the sort of mid-2000s when all the, the fun England and Australia tests were being played. Um, yeah, there, there was a lot of cricketers. And then I just tried to copy little bits here and there from all of them. Um, and then obviously I love Shane Warne as well. So I think that's why I started bowling leg spin. Um, and then I realised it was too hard and started tweaking some offies out. <laughs> and um, have you met any of those? Like, did you meet De Villiers ever? Or did, did you meet Shane Warne? Or, you know, I, don't, I guess you were too young to have played against him, but you might have chatted to him, I suppose. Or did, did you did you chat? To, have you ever met De Villiers? Uh, I've only ever played against De Villiers uh, in the Blast when he played for Middlesex. Um, yeah. I, I don't think there was an opportunity where we could have sat down and had a drink or a, or a catch-up or anything. Um, but that is someone I'd love to sort of pick their brains from in the years coming through, because I'm guessing he'll still be involved with cricket in some capacity. And then I was lucky enough to have Warney for a year at the London Spirit when he was head coach. Um, and that was just incredible to to kind of share his company and and just almost to experience his outlook on life, uh, which is obviously which was very different to a lot of other people that I've met. Um, it was very relaxed and very free going and. He loved his golf and he loved his cricket, so I felt like we got on quite well, and it was um, amazing to get to know him for that amount of time. Are you, are you, you know, a real talker about the game? Do you love, you know, chatting, or do you want to sort of sit back and and take it all in? Uh, yeah, I am. I'm a big, I'm a big lover of it. I think I can bore the pants off my teammates a little bit sometimes with it. Um, yeah, I'd definitely be in the mould of, of talking about it more than than keeping it all kind of within. Um, Again, I think with it having having grown up with it all my life, I think I think I love it probably a little bit more than than others kind of young players love it um, at the moment. Obviously, with more with different aspects of cricket coming into the game at the moment as well. Like I think four day cricket might not be everyone's cup of tea nowadays, um, but obviously there's a few of us still left who who kind of see that as your bread and butter. So you still, you know, if you were given the choice between. I don't know, playing um, franchise, playing in the IPL. I guess everybody's dream is to play in the IPL in a way. But if you were sort of given the choice between go and play in the IPL and earn, I don't know, 200 grand or get some four-day games under your belt because you could play a test match, you're sort of veering down the four-day route. Are you still or not? Yeah, definitely. I, I think having um, – I'm still quite young. I, I've played quite a bit now, but I think obviously my aspirations are still to – to play as much test cricket for England as possible. Um, and that's something that I would always look to do. And I see the franchise stuff as a, as a bit of a bonus, to be honest, if I don't get selected on the, um, on an England tour or, or if, I, if there's no four day cricket to be played, then I'll happily go away and play it because it's amazing. But I don't think as a batter, you get more satisfaction out of scoring a first class hundred or a test hundred or whatever than, than kind of franchise scores. And, and that's how I see it. Now, just just before we get to look, looking ahead to the season, I mean, I just want to dwell on one other thing. Your family, who I, I know we've had, I think your dad actually was on Test Match Special one time telling the stories about you guys growing up. And you've got a brother who's a wrestler, uh, David Reckham. I mean, tell us a little <laughs> bit about, tell us a little bit about your relationship. Yeah, it's, um, I, I think all of us are very different, actually. We, um, so my dad's obviously been with, um, he's had cricket in his life forever and, and he loves it and he's a groundsman and I can't really see him doing anything, doing anything else. Um, and 
Yeah, and my little brother Tom is 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 actually the complete opposite. He, he can't stand cricket, and he's been around it all of his life. And I think it's almost um, yeah. I think when you're around it that much, you rather love it or you hate it. And and he took the latter option. Um, and he he's a wrestler. He he works in the week, and then at the weekends he does live shows. And yeah, he, he's an incredible athlete. Um, I try and get down to watch as much as as much as I can. But obviously, being away a lot of the winter, it's tough. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite an interesting family setup, but it's um yeah, it's something we make work. And do you ever kind of try each other's sports? Um, I think if I wrestled my little brother, I'd be in serious trouble. Um, he's a lot bigger and stronger than I am. Um, yeah. So Tom, my little brother, he um he comes down to the cricket whenever he can, and he absolutely loves it. But I think he loves it more for the more for the evening out. Um. And yeah, I definitely wouldn't try it with him, but I try and get down and watch as much as possible. And what's it like, you know, watching your brother in the ring then? It's a, um, it's an interesting environment. It's not quite, um, it's, it's not quite a cricket quite a environment. championship match on a Thursday night. After no, not, 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 not everyone with their scorebooks. No, it's, um, there's some interesting characters in there who are, who are fully invested in, in what's going on. And it's obviously a stage show. So it's, um, I kind of know what's going to happen before it happens, but they, um, yeah, they turn it into a, into a really good event and uh, hopefully you can go, go a little way with it. And, and do you have, um, uh, do you jockey for sort of social media followers? You kind of, you know, get on the bragging, bragging rights. I got more Instagram for, or are you not? In Instagram? <laughs> no, that's not my, um, that, that's not my bag. I, um, I'm not a massive social media lover, to be honest. Um, he, he does. He absolutely loves it. He should have more followers than me because he's he's fairly relentless on the posts that he puts up. Yeah, it's um, it's not my cup of tea, but he certainly loves it. And and just just as far as your um, you know, living at a cricket ground, you know, when you were growing up, I mean, what was that like? I mean, did you have club members round? A tea after the game, or a pint, or whatever, or did, were there balls sort of flying into the house from the ground? Uh, I mean, you know, did you often get changed? I'm just walk straight out onto the field in, uh, from from your house. I mean, you know, what was that like? Yeah, well, we had countless countless balls through the windows and stuff. Um, yeah, that was fairly relentless. Um, I, I used to get so excited on a Saturday if, like, the Chingford first team were. Um, were about to uh, were about to play or they were um, or one of my mates who were younger were we going to watch it for the day and then get in the nets all day it used to be a really exciting experience and um, yeah sometimes I'd literally walk out the front door in my whites and then go straight out and play so it was it, it was very different and it was um, it was very enjoyable actually I, I lived down the road from Ealing Cricket Club but literally 50 yards down the road and I was always late <laughs> So I don't know. You were probably as a batter, you're probably early hitting balls, getting ready, are you? Yeah, always in the indoor school before. Yeah, it was it was it was fairly fairly relentless when I actually when I think about it and we talk about it. Um, but yeah, always hitting. And then whenever the Chinkford lot were out having a beer after uh, or at the clubhouse for a few hours, I'd always try and be sort of mingling around and and um, just kind of soaking up the atmosphere of, of the cricket club on a Saturday night. Are you good at reading pitches, given that your dad's a groundsman? Terrible. Um, uh, obviously, uh, at Chelmsford over the last few years, we've had a few 
we've had a few dicey surfaces that are, that are generally quite uh, spinner friendly. Um, and yeah, I, I've just got to a point now where I just kind of react on the day when we turn up because yeah, because some look really good and aren't very good, and then some look really bad and play and play amazingly. And I think week to week in the county championship or or even in the blast or the hundred, it's just so hard to know. Um, unless you get to to the oval where you always know that it's going to be a great weekend. If it's a bit green, it will nip about. But I think at the grounds where the squares are a little bit older, it's it's too hard to tell. What about Alistair Cook? Tell us about. Tell us about him. How does he keep going? Is it some? Is he someone that you just sort of look at in complete amazement? I mean, he he's a very down to earth sort of character, isn't he? Yeah, it's just it's hard to put into words. Um, kind of kind of his mindset's the most impressive thing. Um, like for example, we had our fitness testing last week, and and he's never lost the fitness testing in his career, and and he was like, "This is my last season." Um, I will not lose this one. But obviously we all know that it probably won't be his last season. Yeah, he's just relentless. So he won the whole fitness testing out of everyone again, um, literally showed us all up. And then he's batting better than ever. Has he ever passed on any sort of tips about that? Or perhaps you have it naturally anyway? Uh, it's something that I'm really trying to improve. Um, we're, we're obviously completely different players, me and me and Chef. He's a, he obviously grinds it out a lot and, um, he looks to bat all day, whereas I try and look to be as aggressive as possible and, and take the game to the other team. So it's really trying to find the balance of keeping the fundamentals right, which me and Chef have spoken about quite a lot. Um, of trying to get my actual, uh, personally, my my own game as solid as possible around defence and getting my head in the right position. And then when I'm going, then just do. Then he said, just kind of do whatever you want. Um, but he's spot on. I don't, I don't think there is a good player in the world right now that haven't got amazing fundamentals. doesn't matter if it's a Stokesy smashing it for England or, or a Brookie or Rooty. Um, they've all got great fundamentals, but they just, they just take really brave options and, and, and deliver so well. And is that something that you um, are buying into then? I mean, to use that sort of horrible word, basball, how has it influenced you? Uh, not an awful lot, to be honest. I, I, I was, it was fascinating viewing being in the dressing room for it in the winter. Uh, just to see the the conversations more than anything about not the actual skill because I knew all the lads could do it, but it's just the freedom and the and the messaging behind every innings that the boys are going out there to bat with. It's um it's literally like if you get out, you get out. It's not the end of the world, but we're always going to look to be aggressive. And, and if there's a moment in the game where you want to whack someone for half an hour, then then just go and do it. And it's just when players have that clarity and thought, it's it's it obviously. You get good, you get good performances out of it, and the results are always much better. Um, but but again, there are there are bowlers and there are players that still stick to the old school way of doing it. Um, but just when there is a chance to, there there is a chance to take the game on that that they'll take it on. And those messages are coming from what from Stokes, from McCullum, you know. And how do they deliver them? Do they deliver them to individuals? You know, come up to you and say, Dan, you know. Just go play your game, or is it a more kind of general team environment where they, when they give those messages, it's more of a general team and it's more of a team thing. Um, but the team meetings are never that long, actually. That they're generally just uh, going over the day, whether it was a good or a bad day, and it'd be a sit down and and they wouldn't really actually go over the cricket that much. They'd just say, was it entertaining? Was it? Um, did we stick to what we wanted to do at the start of the day? Uh, and that would generally be it. 
and and then it would be within the individual so within the individuals of the team to to then speak to each other um and kind of discuss how they're going to go about it and speak to Trez, the batting coach or the bowling coach or whatever, and just come up with a plan and, and go from there. Just quickly, um, tell us about Essex then. What are we looking out for this season? Who do you pick on um, to, you think is sort of really kind of going to do well this year and and, and overall the, the, the team? What, you know, you've been an incredible success story, Essex, over the last five to six years, won countless championships, always up there pushing for, uh, you know, top spot very kind of seem to have a very good formula for how to play. What, what, what do you, how do you see this year? I'm, I'm very excited about us again. We've obviously got a very, we've got a great mix of, of experienced and, and kind of newer players coming in. Uh, the players to look out for, I'm, I'm going to take Simon Harmer out of this because he's, he, he's obviously our star, star bowler and, and he probably will do well again because he's world-class. Um, but I think Sam Cook is is potentially England's or one of England's next in. I think he's that good. He's put on a bit of pace. His accuracy is amazing. Um, can swing it both ways, nips it round corners. He, he, he's a serious bowler. He's little chef, uh, isn't he? He is little chef. He's um, he, he's brilliant. He, he's he'd be right up there on the bowlers that, that I wouldn't want to face in in the championship. And um, being a really good rhythm this year so far is Jamie Porter, who's had a, for him, a kind of leaner couple of years. And he would say that himself, but it looks like he's really got his rhythm back. So I think if those three um, can really click and our batters can can bat how we can, then um, there's no reason why we shouldn't be right up there again. And, and, and in the batting, is there some, is there a young player that you said you were a mixture of youth and experience? Obviously, you've got the Tom Wesleys and Nick Browns and, and Cook and yeah. Chef himself. What about somebody that's sort of coming through that we might not know about? Um, well, obviously, you guys would know about Matt Critchley. He's um, He came over to ours from Derbyshire. I think it was last year. He, um, I think he's a really exciting cricketer. Um, and we've also got a young lad called Feroz Cushy, who is, um, who's a very, very good player. Very exciting to watch. Plays a really attacking brand, so you might not necessarily always get the um, the perfect results out of him. But when it does click, it's it's really exciting to watch. And um, whether it's four day cricket or T Twenties, I, I think I, I think he could be really exciting to watch. Welcome back. Before the break, we heard from Dan Lawrence talking about his life being brought up as the son of Chingford Cricket Club's groundsman, uh, his reflections on his career so far, the amazing longevity of Alistair Cook and, of course, the impact of Basball. Now, one of the features of the world's best cricket club is the members get to ask our guest questions. And so here's a little selection of the sorts of questions that the members asked Dan Lawrence the other night. And by the way, as I said before, you can join the club by going to worldsbestcc.com and we'd love to see you there. Who would be in your all-time top five and opening bowling pair? Oh, all-time top five test cricket. Yeah. So it can be ones you've seen, played with. Who would you have if you were picking your top five and opening bowlers? Yeah, I'd probably go... Uh, Graham Smith, 
uh, Matthew Hayden, or oh, Chef wouldn't be happy with me saying that, but Matthew Hayden, um, Ricky Ponting, De Villiers and Callis, and then opening bowlers would be probably Dale Stain and Glenn McGrath. Not too shabby, is it? All right, thank you very much indeed. Hi guys, thanks uh, Dan for joining us. Um, you share something with with all of us on the call, actually, in that you've ne we, none of us on the call have ever scored a Test century. Where would you say that that ranks in in your sort of priorities for this year and and, and the coming years? Uh, very very highly. Um, I would. I, I got I got very close one day and and didn't quite get there, so that that was massively gutting. But. Uh, whether it's this year or in two years or three years, it's it's obviously one of my main priorities, and and it would be a great one to um, to tick off. Hopefully, the day comes. Absolutely, and and just on on that one, so you were, you were caught off the last ball of the day, weren't you? What 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 was going through your mind at that point? Were you just trying to trying to play as usual? There was no there was no playing for the end of the day. Is that is that sort of your your aggressive style? Yeah, I had two balls left, and I needed nine runs, so. I was looking to hit that one for four and then um, try and run down and hit the last one over, over his head to get it on the last ball of the day. Um, but to be honest, thinking back, I wish I just went even more aggressive, to be honest, having been around the, the boys that I've been with this winter. I think if I was more clear and more aggressive, then I probably would have done it. Nice. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll get there eventually. Good luck. Thank you, mate. First one, talk to me about your mindset when you go out to bat. Because obviously most, most cricketers want to try and score, you know, boundary first half. But obviously I, I wanted, if you, had, if you go out there and you want to think about what, what, what you actually think about when you go out there when you're batting. And secondly, second question, um, kind, of a, kind of a similar one to this actually, about obviously you being captain of the London Spirit, obviously in the 100. Um, talk to me about, you know, your views on the competition. You know, obviously it's been going for a number of seasons now and just, thought one of one of what your views and your thoughts are about it whether you like it or dislike it and just maybe about your mindset being as a captain obviously um yeah so on the first question I just try and I just try and focus on getting through my first 30 balls that's the that's the big thing for me sort of by hook or by crook just watch the ball and try and get through that because that's obviously every batter's toughest moment uh, in between balls, I'll try and look for something in the crowd or in the stand or on the day just to try and take my focus away. Okay. Um, and then with the London Spirit stuff, I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of the competition. Actually, um, I, I think it's it, it's obviously incredible to get all the best cricketers in the world in England for 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 a month, and and it sort of showcased it kind of it's, you know, kind of showcases. Um, all of the best English talent more than anything because they're coming up against the best international talent. Um, and the proof's in the pudding with, with the crowds that we're getting at the Lords, the Oval, yeah. at most of the test grounds. It's um, it's a really, really exciting thing. And um, I think it's only something that's going to get bigger and bigger, to be honest. First of all, when you were asking answering Paul's question about um, way back into the England side, I mean, would you consider opening? That's one. Uh, that's that's question number one. And obviously, you know, to push that. I mean, Nick Brown might have something to say about it for Essex point of view, but um, there might be an opportunity there. I, I guess if somebody said to you, "That's a way back in." And the second question is: is thinking about um, up and coming Essex players. I saw some of uh, Jamal Richards. Um, 
this uh, last season in the in the 50 over competition and he looks very promising but as a, as an all-rounder um I don't know how much you've played with him but how do you think how good do you think he could be um I'll start with that question actually um I actually forgot to say Jamal's name he is um he's very he's very young I think he's only 18 or 19 he, he's hugely exciting he, he he's not quite the the full package yet, but his his bowling for an eighteen year old is is of a really high pace. Um, that accuracy is pretty good, and then when he gets his skills right, he's going to be a real handful. And I haven't seen a lot of him batting, but from what I hear, his his batting is um, potentially better than his bowling. So if that is the case, then um, then we've got a really exciting cricketer on our hands, and, and hopefully he can develop into something exciting for us. And then on the first question, listen, if England said to me, you're going to open the batting or there's a chance to open the batting, um, I, I would bat anywhere, um, anywhere that they tell me to bat. But in all honesty, I haven't been given that much direction in it. And um, I really don't think, think it matters where I bat. It's more it's more the volume of runs and uh, the calibre of player that, that they want to pick. You and your brother combined probably more two passions of cricket and wrestling. So... If you had to pick someone that you've played with or played against to be a professional wrestler, who would it be? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I, <laughs> our current opening batter, Nick Brown, looks, um, he's not a wrestler, but he looks quite a bit like Tyson Fury, who I know who's um, been involved in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the WWE world before. Um, oh, goodness. I think Stokesy would. I, I think Stokesy would give it a good go. Yeah, I think he'd be up there, wouldn't it? I think you mentioned someone earlier. I hadn't really thought of him before. I think Dale Stain. I think he'd be sort of yeah. quite impressive, quite intimidating. I don't know. Very good. Get the Rain Mysterio yeah. mask on him, and he'd be good as gold. <laughs> well, I hope you found that as entertaining as we did. Dan Lawrence, uh, what an excellent guy he is, and an absolute cricket badger as well. Loves talking about it. Loves watching it. Loves playing it can't get enough of it uh, so good luck to him and actually he shouldn't give up on his uh, chances of playing for England because there will be some opportunities I'm sure maybe to open the batting as he said there he's prepared to bat anywhere and he is a real talent actually he's someone who would certainly fit the baseball mould so very good luck to him in the season and just I suppose we should finish by just reflecting on the championship as a whole of course I'm excited to see Middlesex back in the First Division, my old county, captained now by Toby Rowland-Jones, actually, with Tim Murta having kind of reverted to a sort of player coaching role. I'm sure we'll still see bits of Mertz trundling up to bowl on early season pitches, but Toby Rowland-Jones is definitely taking up the reins. And uh, just, a, I think there's a sort of more feel-good about Lords generally this year. So watch out for Middlesex generally. But who are the favourites? Well, we've already mentioned Lancashire. I just fancy Hampshire, actually. I think because their seam attack is absolutely peerless. They've got lots of really good batters and some emerging young players as well. James Vince is generally held to be you know, one of the one of the top captains around. And actually also, just from a sentimental point of view, 1973, of course, was the last time Hampshire won the county championship. They only won it twice, in fact, which is quite surprising for a county you think of as quite a big club. 
So 50 years since they won it last, I wonder whether public spirit and encouragement and the passion that the Hampshire fans give the team might just get them over the line. They narrowly missed out last year, having won the most matches, but Surrey got more batting points. So Hampshire, focus on your batting points. Your bowlers, I reckon, will do the job. As long as the batsmen do it as well, maybe you'll just get to that championship title for the first time since 1973. Anyway, good luck to all the teams playing, both first division and second division. I'm looking forward to being at Lords tomorrow. Hope to see you there, if you're there. And thanks very much for listening. We'll be back to review the first round of matches on Monday. Podcast Network.